Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for choosing to listen to another segment. With me today is Contessa Aiken, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about who she is, and then we're going to dive into the conversation because she has a lot of knowledge, wisdom, and insight to share on her respective topic. So without further ado, Contessa Aiken is an emotional well-being coach who helps women find love and peace in life. She provides a structured journey to sustainable healing through her signature Phoenix process. She understands the challenges women face because she's been there herself. With over 10 years of experiencing helping thousands of women overcome their past, Contessa is committed to helping you become the best version of yourself so you can feel better too. So without further ado, let's welcome the woman behind it all, Contessa Aiken. Thank you. It sounds so great when somebody's reading it and, and telling me what I, who I am. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'm so glad to be sharing and holding space with you. And I want the audience to get to know you in a personal and professional manner during the connection part of the segment. So we could either do a rapid 10 question game, emphasis on rapid or an icebreaker. What are you in the mood for? Uh, Let's do some rapid fire. Okie dokie, y'all. We're playing rapid fire with Contessa and Genesis. (laughs) Question numero uno, favorite color? Blue. Question number two, if you could trade places with anyone in the world, would you trade places or remain yourself? Well, I'd probably be Oprah for the day. Question (laughs) Question three, if you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be? Oh, I'd probably go into the past and have some dinner with my granny. Question four, I'm very observant. Tell us about that picture in the background. So this is actually my inner rebel spirit. I commissioned an artist for my book cover and we got to know each other and hung out with each other for about a month. And that's what she came up with to resemble my inner rebel spirit. Okay. Question five, what got you started in the work that you're doing? My own history of trauma and then just recognizing that I had a natural gift and skill set when helping other people and holding space and being a safe place place for other people and just my own healing journey. So kind of a a lot there, but really it started with my own history. I like that. Question six, you just won the lottery. (laughs) However, here's a caveat. In order to get all your proceeds released to you, you must first contribute to three charities of your choice. What charities are you donating to? 
that's an easy one. So I started a charity to feed families for Thanksgiving. So that would be number one. The second one would be Underground Railroad. It's where um, veterans go in and help sex trafficked kids and women get out of that. And another one would probably be um, there's an organization in Africa that supports women and communities who um, want to make money. They make objects and, and stuff to sell. So I would support that as well. Love it. That shows her servant leadership, y'all. Question seven. What is one word to describe you? Bold. Question eight. Would you rather a dream car, dream home, or heck, let's go big and have both? And I have an island where I have my dream home and dream car. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can make that, you know, big and manifest it. <laughs> Question nine. If you could go back in time and change any situation in your life, would you change a situation? And if so, what would that be? So I was in the Air Force. I was a jet engine mechanic on F-15s and F-16s, and I only spent five years in the military. So I think the only thing that I would like to change would be extend my career in the military, which is hard to say because I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't make that choice. But I would love to be able to play with jet engines longer. <laughs> That is super cool. And thank you for your service. Thank you. And 10, it is our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Well, pass. I get to ask you a question. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> so what has been the hardest lesson that took you the longest to learn? Um, ooh. So I would definitely say the passing of my dad in November 2020, November 25th to be exact, right before Thanksgiving holiday. And then around that time, losing my job from corporate, being laid off working in global supply chain, having a supply chain degree, working for a fortune 500 company. And I'm like, what the heck? So just learning that life is going to throw you curveballs, but how do you take those curveballs, get that freaking bat, hit it out the park and make those home runs, even though the trials or tribulations that you're going through, looks like there's no end in sight. You never know why you go through certain seasons in life. And it's to help you become stronger, whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually, or emotionally. And when you're in the thick of it, or some people say the crap of it or the sh of it, like yep. you're like, I just want to get off of this freaking thing and move on. But then if you move on too quick, you're not going to learn the lesson. And I tell people I had four L's before the win. And the win right now is my daughter. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. My pleasure. And thank you for asking. So y'all, that concludes the connection part of the segment. I hope you learned a little bit more about Contessa. And now we're going to dive into what she is currently doing, which is helping women um, overcome a history of childhood trauma. Because y'all, some people say, just bury it and move on. But how many times do you know that whatever gets buried ends up being uncovered later on in life, whether you want it to come out or not. So it says sometimes the truth will set you free, but addressing trauma will set you free too. And she, we're going to talk about how do you heal yourself? Um, how do you heal your relationships? And then also know your self-worth because when you know who you are, there's no one in hell that could shake you or tell you who you aren't or who you are. 
Nobody can take that away. You can give it away, but nobody can take it away once you get it. So let's start unpacking this, Contessa. So if you're working with women and the work that you're doing, how do you first help a woman realize that she has some roots of childhood trauma? Because some people may be in denial and that's okay because they they don't want to address certain things because it's going to bring up hurt, pain, and all those emotions again. It feels like they're reliving it instead of going over it and then moving forward, if that makes sense. Yes, it makes perfect sense. Like some people really um, don't have a level of awareness that childhood trauma is what's impacting their day to day, right? So it can manifest in several different ways. Mostly it highlights in relationship when you in get into relationship with somebody else. Um, women can have circular thinking or intrusive thoughts. So circular thinking is like, uh, like as moms, right? I'm a mom too. So we can worry about harm coming to our babies, to our kids. And it's just constant. It's never ending. It's like this cycle, no matter how safe you, you protect them, no matter the bubble you put them in, it still is a constant worry. So that's an example of circular thinking, um, intrusive thinking, a lot of women who've experienced childhood trauma tend to carry their weight as a, an armor. So generally speaking, if you have extra weight that you're carrying, there's most likely some trauma that has impacted you. Um, those are the things that are off the top of my head. So if you have uh, emotional stress, distress, if you're stressed, anxiety, depression, right? Those tend to be typical signs of um, dealing with trauma, heaviness, dealing with painful experiences as well. So we start by just identifying that number one, if we are honest, every single person on the face of the planet has some sort of trauma, right? And trauma is just defined as an overwhelming life event, something that overwhelms your system, your ability to cope, your ability to think, your ability to feel, your nervous system can get stuck in a state of fight or flight. So the first place we start is really just recognizing where is this manifesting in your life? Where are you struggling? Where are you having a hard time? And then we connect those dots by going into the past. And what's great about this is um, it's not like therapy where we go back and we kind of dwell on it and we have to tell the story and retell the story. We go back long enough to identify that one piece that was created as a result of the trauma. So what I mean is, for example, I can go all the way back to when I was three years old. I was left on the side of the highway by my biological mother. I'm three, right? I'm not, there's not a lot of cognitive stuff happening at that time. But in my adult life, I started telling myself that I was a piece of trash, that I was not valuable. That piece of feeling like I'm a piece of trash, not valuable is the piece that we heal. We don't have to heal the event. We just heal what was born out of that event. And usually what's born out of that event is a lie that you tell yourself. I'm not good enough. I'm unlovable. I'll never be good enough. I'm easily disposable. I have no value. I'm too stupid, right? Like all those lies that we tell ourselves are usually the things that are born from an event like trauma. So we heal that story and we tell ourselves the truth because usually I'm working with women in their late twenties to or late fifties. And so they have this lie that they've been living. Right. And then they also have a lot of history of truth. Like they are fully capable. They're strong. They're resilient. They're badass. They're, um, I keep going back to strong, right? Like they have all these other truths that are available to them as well. So we grasp onto those and uh, anchor those in more deeply.
And I like that you're doing that because it's like the prerequisite kind of to the work that I do because you're working on emotional well-being and you're going be below the surface level because that's how we know diamonds and oil and all the beautiful things that we use today, they don't come at a surface level. You have to dig deep in order to for it to be birth. And then my work that I do, I'm a visionary life coach. So I think about forward thinking and how you're going to live life according to your purpose and how you're going to leave a legacy and build a foundation that is sturdy and etc but you can't get to the visionary part if you don't take care of the emotional well-being and you understand what are some of those things that are causing you to remain stuck and limit you from living out your life because if you don't deal with that how can you have a vision for where it is that you're trying to go in life Oh my gosh. That's why I call my process the Phoenix process because we go down into the depths to come back up. But I, I absolutely love that. And yes, like you got to figure out what it, what is the limit, right? And what's fun is that your brain is not the best source of, of information when it comes to truth telling all the time, right? There are truths available in there, but usually what we grasp onto are non-truths. And so like, you know, you think about feeling not good enough, that's not a truth, but your brain will offer it to you because it's your way to cope. And whenever you deal with these emotions, then I literally just had a conversation with a client today, right? She didn't allow herself to dream she wouldn't look too far into the future because she didn't know if something was going to happen or take it away from her right and so yes it's super important to deal with the past and to be able to self-regulate and regulate your emotions around what has happened so that you can move forward and into the vision in your future I love that so like whenever you think about like the client without going into any proprietary information because we have to respect confidentiality. Do you do any assessments with your first time clients when you're first meeting them to kind of, you know, debunk them and kind of see where it is that they are mindset wise, emotional, physical, mentally, and spiritual, because it's a holistic gamut and you have to allow that person to bring their whole self in in order for you to help them in certain areas, because if they don't lay everything out on the table, you're not going to know how to help them with, you know, the childhood trauma, whether it was molestation, whether it was imposter syndrome that creeped in because that they didn't feel loved or accepted by their parent, whether it was the bullying, whether it was, you know, divorced parents or some form of child abuse or whatever the case may be. There are various forms of trauma and we have to know where to compartmentalize those traumas in order to pull certain things out. So let me know if I'm on the right path here because I feel like doing an assessment or a questionnaire to get that person to open up and let them know they're in a safe space where they could be real and authentic is going to help you be able to help them to the best of your ability, as long as they're willing to put in the work. Yes, you know, it really takes just a simple conversation. I, I'm sure you probably run into this as well, being a coach. When I talk to somebody, um, I have the skill set and the experience now to be able to hear past what somebody's saying, right? Um, and here at a, at a deeper level, which does require a bit of a skill set. But ultimately, when I'm talking to somebody, I, there is an assessment that's kind of running in the background, if you will. Um, and that really is, is, coach, in, is coaching what is right for them now, 
or would they be better suited for therapy and counseling? Because let's face it, we're dealing with some pretty deep, traumatic, painful stuff. And not all the time is somebody ready for coaching. And so what I'm listening for is, are they ready to move forward? If so, then coaching is great, right? Um, if they still need to tell the story, which is an important part of the healing process, if, but if they still need to tell the story and they need that space to be able to just keep telling the story and getting all the details fleshed out and, and reliving those memories, then therapy and counseling is better suited for them, right? So really what I'm listening for when I'm talking to somebody and the assessments that, that's running in the background is, are they ready to stop telling the story and move on? Or is it better suited for them to continue to tell the story so that they can sort that out before they get ready to move on? So yes. Yeah, perfect. And I love the way that you explained it because it helped the audience decipher, okay, do I need coaching or do I need therapy? Because they are two different things. And sometimes people try to intertwine them together, not realizing that, you know, a therapist has a different form of modalities that they go through versus a coach. Right. And you can't necessarily have a one-stop shop because if there's something deeper that's going on, you definitely need to um, plug in with the right personnel. Right. And even though that personnel may be not may not be right for you right then and there, that doesn't mean that person's not going to come back full circle where they could help you, you know, get on with the areas where you feel stuck in a rut. Yeah. Usually people are ready to move on when they realize like they're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, or they're ready to like permanently lose the weight. They're tired of being on the yo-yo diet, or they're sick and tired of their relationships feeling unsafe and like they keep attracting or being involved with the same person right even though it's a different person but it's the same style of person right <laughs> yeah yes yeah, the same type of person you're like dang why do I keep on going through this but who are you attracting so that segues yes. into relationships how yes. can someone who is dealing with trauma, whether it's childhood trauma or maybe even adulthood trauma, have a relationship that is not just surviving, but it's thriving because sometimes you can be in a relationship and have your blinders on and then you're deflecting onto the other person, not realizing that you have to reflect on yourself in order for you to be whole and complete. Yes. I can't tell you how many times I've ran into exactly that when I'm talking to a survivor and all they do in their relationship is complain about what's not going right. Their needs not being met. Right. Like, and it just is so frustrating and they're projecting really their pain onto their partner or projecting this desire for their partner to somehow heal, make them whole or fix the pain that they feel themselves. Right. And so really when people are in relationships, I love talking to survivors who are in relationship because it really speeds up the process, right? Um, the first place to start is to identify what do you need? And most people don't even know what they need, but they're complaining to their partner to get a need met without just directly asking for what their need is. And so this creates conflict in the relationship, right? And so what's great for survivors is to sit down and just identify what do you need? Needs are respect acceptance, safety, security, love, connection, belonging, contribution, like those are all needs. And so identify what you need is step number one. Step number two is now we're going to define what that means to you. Because let's take, for example, the word love. 
If we ask every single person on the face of the planet, what does that mean to you? You're going to get 7 billion different answers. So you need to define what does that mean to you? So you want to play along? What does love yes. mean to you? Love is unconditional. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not puffed up. Love is honoring and respecting my boundaries. Love is making sure that I feel seen and heard. Love, oh my gosh, I could go on and on about <laughs> yeah. love. And it yeah. just made me think about the song, what's love got to do, got to do with it? Who needs a heart? And y'all, I'm not a singer, so I'm going to stop oh, no, right there. <laughs> yes, love for me is the same as being seen and heard. It's the sense of just being welcomed and that I can take up space, right? So we have two different definitions of love. Neither are wrong, neither are right. But what's important is each one is right for ourselves, right? And so identify what you need, define what that need means, and then ask directly instead of complaining, just ask, right? So I ask my husband, I so I present it to him as I need love. So what I'm asking you to do is to let me take up space. What that means is I get to bring whatever I'm feeling, um, what I'm experiencing, and you're not going to try to fix it, shut me down, ignore me. You're going to like honor that I have this need for love and that I need you to be in this space with me. And then, uh, of course, I ask for willingness for him to participate. And but what's great is in relationship, right, whenever survivors can get clear on what they need and just ask directly for it, this brings up so much for them, right? Because a lot of people have a hard time asking for help, asking for what they need, because trauma has taught them a certain way of being, and that's really uncomfortable. And so when they can start to just speak up for what they want and what they need is huge. And it brings so much thriving and so much harmony and coherence in a relationship. And that alone can be very healing because you feel like you have a place that you belong, where you're accepted, and it meets so many other needs that are not on the table. But yes, I don't remember if I asked or answered your question or not, but that's where I went. <laughs> no, 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 I like that because it brought into re remembrance like that men are fixers by nature. By nature, so the fact that you approach your husband with "I need um, space" and that's a part of love. And you don't want him to fix certain things. You just want him to be right there with you in it. And I'm going to borrow that because sometimes I need that as well. Like I want my husband to be a sounding board where I could go to him without worrying mm -hmm. about going to somebody else. I want to go to my husband and I want him to listen to me as his wife, not just be like, oh, babe, try this or whatnot. Cause I didn't right. ask for that. I just want you to be a listening ear for right now. So yeah. I love that. And that brings us to the other part I'm going to weave in here is you also talk about self-worth. People who go through trauma, they don't understand or know what their self-worth is. And I'm going to add on, so when you know self-worth, you're able to practice self-care and self-love because you see yourself as worthy. So for someone who is saying, oh my gosh, Contessa, Genesis, this sounds so great, but help me here because I don't know how much I'm worth. I've always been told that I'm never good enough or I'm never going to amount to anything or whatever. So that's all I know. And I'm like, is that all you know? 
or is that what you keep on putting on repeat and replaying because somebody told you that because maybe it was their insecurities that they were projecting onto you and you took root of that and you saw yourself as less than versus more than. Yes. So worth, self-worth is having value. And to piggyback off of what you said, most of the time, somebody has taken it away by giving you messages like you're never going to amount to anything, which literally when you said that, I was like, oh, I had I'm, I had people in my family literally say that to me. <laughs> um, and, you know, feeling not good enough, right? All that stuff, which is usually their stuff that they've projected onto you, right? And the truth is, it, they're all lies, they're all lies. If you are thinking that you're not good enough, you're never going to amount to anything, you're unlovable. Those are all a big old heaping crock of shit, right? So what you got to do is you got to start telling yourself the truth. Truth number one is um, you're here, which means you're already valuable and worthy of life. Think of like an animal or a plant, like even they have life. They're worthy of taking up space, of breathing this oxygen, of being alive. Just that truth alone means you are a worthy human being. Every single person on the face of the planet is a worthy human being. And if you're telling yourself otherwise, you're lying to yourself. And the way out of that is to tell the truth. The truth is you are worthy. You are valuable. You have value. And the great way, the great, the best way to, to identify that is to look at your accomplishments. Look at what you've done. Most women who have a history of trauma have in, endured a lot, but also been accomplished a lot while they're still carrying the burden of trauma with them. Hello, how much value do you, proof do you need to be able to say you're strong enough to accomplish, you know, building a business, having a family, just getting out of bed while you're still carrying this burden of trauma. So tell the truth, tell the truth and stop buying into the lies. And when you hear those lies, shut them down, <laughs> just cut it off and tell the freaking truth. Yes, y'all, the truth shall set you free. Okay. And now we're going to jump into the CTA, our call to action. So Contessa, once the audience hears this message, whether they're listening via audio or they're watching the video on YouTube, what is your call to action for them? Just tell the truth. Tell yourself the truth. Always tell the truth. Truth, yes, the truth shall, shall set you free. Just like the truth is the most important thing. Um, and survivors have a hard time with that. But start writing down the truths. And even if it's just one truth that you revisit over and over again, then revisit that truth over and over again. Tell the truth. Love it. And how can they connect with you? What's your website? And where do you primarily hang out on social media? So you can find me at ContessaAiken.com. It's my website. And from there, you can find me on Facebook. That's usually where I hang out on my personal page, just sharing wisdom and my story and my journey and Nothing related to food, but usually related to like naps. <laughs> but my website, if you go there, you can find my social media links and all that stuff. I love it. And y'all, you just heard Contessa Aiken. Make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe 
to the podcast. We're on 40 plus platforms and the video is on YouTube. All you have to do is go to Gems with Genesis and Mars Kemp. And I want to say, where would I be without my supporters? You know, I only think about you. Because of you, we're now ranked in the top 2% globally. Out of, yes, thank you. Out of 2.9 million podcasts. And that's because of you and fabulous subject matter experts like Contessa coming into the community. Because this is not Gems Podcast. It's all of us coming together, dropping gems. And my big ask is for brand sponsors. It is paid sponsors because it does take resources to fuel the mission and movement behind the show, which is to curate content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while also weaving in the need for D, E, I, and B, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it does take all of us coming together to make this world a better place. So if that resonates with you, send me an email. All of the details will be in the show notes. And until the next guest, next segment, any parting words, Contessa? Uh, you're not alone. You just basically just summed up. Nobody is alone. We're all doing this together. So yes, I love it. Thank you. Well then, peace, love, and lots of blessings, y'all. You are amazing. You were created on purpose for a purpose. So you need to own your truths and know that there's no one else that can be you. So do you because you are meant to be a world changer and the world needs you to pop. prepare on purpose. Love ya. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, a-M-A-R-I-S Kemp K-E-M-P at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.